0: Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now, here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. Do people really come back from the dead? That's what we're talking about today. Uh, I promised a few weeks ago, I promised, and there were some elementary students in here when I said, hey, we're going to talk about zombies one week. And they all lost it. They're like, "Ah." and so I want to say welcome to the elementary students who are in here with us today. Uh, they're excited because several of their friends are being baptized, and so we thought, man, let's bring them in. We're talking about zombies. They want to hear it, so let's do it. Uh, bring them in. Uh, let them be part of our baptismal celebration. It's going to be so, so good. So um, uh, let me let me mention this before we really jump in. Uh, as part of this series, next Sunday, we're going to do a QA and a on death, eternity, heaven, hell, all that kind of stuff. Any question... That you have about those things, we want to do our best to try to talk about it, answer it the best we can, and uh, and just really connect with you on that level. So, if you have a question, it's super easy. Uh, you have two options of how you can submit it. Number one, you can email now what at verticalchurch.tv. Uh, it should be right on the screen. Now what at verticalchurch.tv. You send an email there. You just just put your question and we'll get it and we'll put it with the other questions we've received already and next Sunday we're just going to go through question at a time and, uh, and get through as many as we can if you're kind of like ooh I don't know if I send you an email you'll have my email address and know who I am and now I'm really nervous about submitting a question and then you know my name like I don't know about you knowing my question because I think it might be a dumb question and I don't want you to think I'm and so here we've done this okay if you go to our website verticalchurch.tv uh, just a little bit down on the page, you can submit a question anonymously. Nobody's going to know. It's just a little survey from surveymonkey.com. You put your question in, hit uh, submit or send or whatever it is, and you'll submit that question and nobody will know who you are, okay? So you don't have to own up to your question. So uh, either way you want to do it, now what? At verticalchurch.tv or you can submit it online at verticalchurch.tv if you want to do it anonymously. So, Since we're talking about people who came back uh, from the dead, uh, I thought about this week famous people. Famous people who came back from the dead. Do people really come back from the dead? And here's a list of famous people who have come back from the dead. Patrick Swayze in the movie Ghost. Anybody remember Ghost? That's a weird movie, right? (laughs) How about that part that's real, like the real romantic climax of the movie where Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore are, are doing the pottery thing? That's really Whoopi Goldberg. Think about that for a second. That's not Patrick Swayze. That's Whoopi Goldberg hugging Demi Moore, okay? Weird. Anyway, um, so there's that. Um, uh, for maybe, maybe for a, a younger crowd, Harry Potter... Harry Potter came back from the dead, right? Deathly Hallows Part 2. Dumbledore zaps, not Dumbledore, Voldemort zaps him and he goes and meets Dumbledore in King's Cross and it's all white and he's like this real shriveled up little weird being there dying, but that's weird, so Harry Potter. Let me me go for the people my age. Neo in The Matrix. That movie changed a generation, y'all. I remember when I saw that movie for the first time my head exploded. I loved that movie. It was so awesome. Matter of fact, uh, when I was in college, um, I went out uh, to the Navajo Reservation in New Mexico to work on a a boarding school, to work at a boarding school for three weeks. And the kids there, this uh, this was probably 2001, the kids there loved The Matrix, and they would do the thing where they would like Float back. I'm talking like eight, nine-year-old kids, and they would go, whoa, Matrix, you know? And so I'm telling you, man, the movie is all over the place, right? So Neo, he he dies in the Matrix, and then he comes back alive, and he whoops up on some Agent Smith, right? Like, it was just, that was awesome. Um, the last one, I actually Googled this, and this is the most famous person who has died and come back. Gandalf in Fellowship of the Ring. It was a bad scene, right? Like, the whole fellowship, they're trying to get the ring uh, to, to the fires of Mount Doom, right? Because they've got to they destroy the ring. And so they're in the mines of Moria, and they're doing battle with a balrog, right? And it's so epic because Gandalf takes his staff, and he slams it on the ground, and he says, You shall not pass! That's a pretty good Gandalf, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <okay? laughs> That was awesome. I remember watching that going, yeah, you know, and then he like falls down and dies. And so it's kind of, I never read the book. So I was heartbroken. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? But then he comes back in the second one and it's equally epic. Like there's just this big bright light and you know, uh, like, uh, Viggo Mortensen and Orlando Bloom, they're like, there. those aren't the, those are the real people. Right. And so then it's just shining and then you steps out, it's Gandalf the White not Gandalf the Grey, and he is a bad man. (laughs) It was good, man. So uh, do people really come back from the dead? Yes. Eventually, everyone does. Do people really come back from the dead? Yes. Eventually, every one of us will, and we'll stand before God, and we'll give an account of our actions and our words, and, and everything that we've done for God and for others will stand before God as a testimony to his power in us. Here's what I want to do today. I want to read one of, I think, in my opinion, probably the most uh, most powerful uh, Bible passage illustrating God's power over death outside of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, okay? Not including that one, I think this is the greatest passage that we can read to understand God's power. And so what I want to do today is I just want to be real simple. I'm going to read uh, the, 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 the Bible passage, and along the way I'm going to make a few comments, and then when we get to the end, I'm just going to share with you a few thoughts uh, to take away uh, from this passage uh, as we, as we don't, we're not wrapping up the series, but as we get close to the end. So if you have a Bible, I want you to open up to John chapter 11. John chapter 11, uh, we're going to look at the story of a guy named Lazarus. Uh, Now, let me give you some context because we're not going to pick up at the beginning of the story. We're going to pick up in the middle. We're going to pick up with verse 17. And so let me set it up for you. If you're, if you're opening your Bible or your smartphone, version, whatever app you may have, if you don't have a Bible, we'll put all the, the scriptures on the screen so you can follow along. You can use the back of your program uh, as a a place to take notes. That's what that is there for. And so Lazarus is this guy uh, who's, who's really good friends with Jesus, like really good friends. Lazarus and his both of his sisters, Mary and Martha, they are so tight with Jesus and Lazarus gets sick. And his sisters, Mary and Martha, they send a message to Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, Lazarus is sick. Would you come and heal him? Which is amazing because they knew Jesus had the power to take care of their brother, to heal him. And so Jesus does this really weird thing, and it's so bizarre, and it would take us way too long to really try to dive into it. But Jesus intentionally waits until Lazarus dies, basically. He stays in the town that he's ministering in for a couple more days, and then by the time he's headed back, Lazarus is already dead. And so Jesus goes back, Lazarus has been dead, buried, four days, he's gone. And, 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 and the process, we discover in the passage, actually, the process of the decomposition of Lazarus' body has assumed to be already have begun. Uh, they, they already assumed he was rotting away because in that climate, with the warmth and the humidity, and, and, and they bury people. Listen, even today, they still bury people oftentimes on the first, like the day they die, because decomp sets in so quickly there. Okay, they don't wait two three four weeks a day two three four days. They don't wait that time They just put them there and they and they go on and so this passage just has some incredible things To say about death. Here we go. Uh, john chapter 17 Like I said, i'm going to read a little bit comment come at the end provide some uh, final thoughts Here we go. Uh verse 17 on his arrival his being jesus jesus found That lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days Now, Bethany, that's the hometown of Lazarus and his sisters, was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother, just like people do at a funeral, right? Like, you have a funeral, and everybody descends on your home, and you need the whole church to make the food so you can feed all these people that don't come to your house for any other reason except when people die, right? This is what's happening to Mary and Martha. Okay. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, check this out. I want you to notice this. We're not talking about it right now, but look what Martha does. When when she heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. And so Martha goes out to meet Jesus, and look at what she says to him. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, let's be honest this morning. Right up front. We've all had moments like this. Now, if you're new here, you've got to understand something about the way that we, the way that we do church. We, we want to do church in such a way that we take off all the masks, all the religiosity, all the I've got my junk together and I don't have days like this. No, no, no. We take all of that off. And when we approach scripture, we're just honest and we're just real. And the truth is, if you had answered this prayer, Jesus, I wouldn't be in this mess. Now, we've all had that day. We've all had multiple days like that. You might have had a day like that this morning or this week or or last month. If if you would have come through, and, 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 and if you would have come through, Jesus, I wouldn't have had to walk through the pain of divorce. If you would have come through, Jesus, I wouldn't have lost my job and had to go on unemployment. I wouldn't have to do that, Jesus. Jesus, if you would have come through, my son would still be here. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have gotten in that car in the middle of the night and tried to drive home. He would. If Jesus, if you would have come through for me, where were you when the house foreclosed, Jesus? Where were you? I raised my kids right. Why aren't you listening to me, Jesus? Why didn't you heal him, Jesus? Why didn't you heal her? You promised and you didn't come through. Martha gets a bad rep sometimes. But the truth is, we've all had moments like this. Jesus, if, why did you wait? Why? I sent you the message, I prayed the prayer, and you waited until my world fell apart. Why? Now, I want to be honest with you. I don't have an answer for you. There aren't easy answers to questions like this. There aren't. And if I got up here and I tried to say, well, hey, listen, here's the answer. This is why, because God's got a plan and there's a silver lining around every cloud and you'll see it on the other side. All of that might be true, but it doesn't really help in the moment. (laughs) You know, it's kind of like just shut your mouth and shut up. You know, like I don't want to hear that right now. Okay. and Jesus kind of does that to her. Okay. Jesus kind of does that, but he's Jesus so he can get away with it. So I want to share with you a, a couple of thoughts here. Um. That are not meant to make the process easier, okay? But just put this in your crock pot, put it on the back burner, and let it stew while you're going through the mess, okay? Here's the first one. You can't have resurrection without first having death. I know that doesn't make the process easier. I know that doesn't make it make what you're going through any less painful, but you have to understand you can't have resurrection until you have death. And then when you have that moment, understand this, Jesus in this story, he's about to show them a new revelation of who he is. It doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it less painful. That doesn't make Lazarus any less dead in this moment. But understand that a lot of times when we go through junk, Jesus is about to reveal a new aspect of who he is to us. Right. If we can just yeah. get through to the other side. Look at this. Verse uh, 22. Let's keep on going. This is still Mary talking. So she's asking. She says, uh, you know, where were you? Why weren't you here? Uh, if you would have been here, my brother would be alive. Verse 22. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. So she's still she's still holding on to some faith here. Yeah. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And and Martha kind of says, I know, okay. (laughs) Because here's the deal. Here's what she says. She says, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Now, you can hear the longing in Martha's voice. Like, I believe Jesus. I still believe that you could do this. But the truth is she, Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And in her mind, because she is a good Jewish uh, woman of her time, she believes in the resurrection of the dead. She believes this. Every good Jewish person outside of the Sadducees believed that at the end of time, at the end of the day, according to Isaiah chapter 65 and 66, the resurrection would happen and all of God's people would be raised from the dead at the end of time. Not now. This is why, why Jesus' resurrection is so mind-blowing. Nobody in the Jewish culture, nobody in the Jewish religion was expecting one man to raise from the dead before all others. Resurrection was something that happened at the very end of time. But to think that resurrection would happen and time would not end was completely outside of the understanding of a Jewish person. And so Martha believes, but she's like, Jesus, um, I don't want to wait till the end of time for my brother to get out of the grave. I want him out now. This is, this is, you got to kind of like understand, put, your, put, your shoe, put yourself in Martha's shoes, you know? like uh, It's great, Jesus. Thank you for your words of encouragement and wisdom, and I appreciate it. And usually that's really great, but I know he's going to rise again in the last day. But I really want him now. That doesn't help me tonight when I'm cooking dinner. That doesn't help me tomorrow when I want to just have a conversation with him. I want to see him now. And then check this out, man. This is, this is when it starts just blowing up. Jesus says to her, He says, I am the resurrection and alive. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he asks this question He says, Do you believe this? Now, the interesting thing is uh, this word, believe, we oftentimes understand this word to mean, Do you believe that? Do you believe this doctrine, that Jesus is the... Do you believe this statement, that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? And that is part of the word believe. In the the, the Greek, this word is the word pistuo. And the interesting thing about this word is not only does it mean believe, but it also means trust. So in a way, not only is Jesus saying, do you believe this, what I've just told you, do you believe this statement, this declaration of faith? He's also saying, I'm the resurrection and the life. Do you trust me. That's a different question. That's a that's a question on a different level, because here's the thing. Resurrection isn't just a doctrine that we believe. It's a person we've come to know. Resurrection isn't just a, a, a doctrine that we put in a book and we ascribe to, I believe that. No, 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 no. Resurrection is a person, his name is Jesus, and he's standing in front of Martha, asking her to make this huge leap of faith and trust, not in that, but in him. Do you trust me? Martha, can you for a moment exchange your if only with an if Jesus? Martha, I know if only I had been here, but can you can you, for a moment exchange that for, well, if Jesus is the resurrection and the life, if Jesus is the Messiah, if Jesus is the Son of God, if Jesus really is the healer of the sick and the raiser of the dead, then can I trust him? You see, faith, trust comes before the miracle, proof comes after. Wow. Go ahead. Go ahead. A lot of times we want God to give us the proof, When we haven't exhibited the faith, faith comes before the miracle. Anybody can cheer for the team before the game is played. I mean, no, anybody can cheer for the team after the game is played. Anybody can cheer uh, tonight at what what time? Uh, This afternoon. Anybody can cheer at 4 o'clock after the Indiana Pacers win. (laughs) I appreciate you, Aaron, because I knew you would get that. (laughs) I am a LeBron hater through and through. I'll even do it in the sermon. Thanks, Jeff. It takes faith to believe that Oladipo can do it at 10:47. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? We want, we want. We want proof. We want God we want God to give us the proof. Before before the miracle comes so that we can trust him. And God says, no, 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 that's not how it works. Faith, trust comes before the miracle. Proof comes after. And so uh, she she continues. She said, yes, Lord. And listen to what she says. She says, I believe that you are the Messiah. I believe you are who you say you are. I trust you, the son of God, who has come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. And check this out. Remember how I asked you to hold on to that thought about Martha went out to meet Jesus? Look at this, verse 32. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. What's she doing? She's worshiping. She takes the position of a worshiper, falling at his feet. And look what she says. Some of us think that we can't worship in the middle of our questions and our uncertainties. But here she is worshiping, and look at the words on our lips. Lord, if you had been here... My brother would not have died. In this moment, she's worshiping Jesus in the middle of her pain. Do you wait to worship Jesus until after he's given you what you want? Or can you worship him on the front side of the pain? Do we hold back worship from the one who is worthy of worship until he comes through? Because it's easy to worship when Jesus does what we ask. It's easy to say, thank you, Jesus, when the house sells. It's easy to throw our hands up and say, Lord, you did it when our kid gets the valedictorian award. It's a whole nother thing when our closest friend, our brother, has died and Jesus didn't heal him. And we still fall at his feet. Now remember how I said Mary gets a bad reputation because a lot of times people will preach this and they'll say, look, Mary came out and argued with Jesus. Martha came out and argued with Jesus, but Mary's worshiping him. I don't think that's right. Because check out, remember what Martha did. When she heard he was coming, she pursued him. She went after him. She went after him with her questions, but that's okay. Okay. He didn't didn't slam her for, for having doubts and uncertainties. Mary goes and falls at his feet. Martha goes and asks him some questions. Both of the ladies pursue Jesus in the midst of their pain. So when junk happens to you, do you let it drive you away from Jesus or do you let it draw you to him? These sisters show us how to respond to Jesus in the midst of pain and hurt and brokenness. So many people run away from God when the darkness comes. But I want you to understand that you can worship Jesus right in the middle of your confusion, your brokenness, your hurt, your if you had been here, my brother would not have died. See, neither sister will allow their pain to separate them from their Savior. Hallelujah. Thank God. Jesus. I'm not going to let my pain separate me from my Savior. Thank you. I'm going to, and this is so brilliant. Instead, here's what they do. Instead, they take all of that pain and all of that hurt and all of that suffering. They they, they bring it and they come to Jesus and they say, here, I don't know what to do with this. They pursue him. They pursue him in the midst of the hurt with a broken heart. God, God, what are you going to do about this? I don't know what to do. I prayed. And you didn't answer the way I was hoping you would answer. So here, what do we do now? They don't run away. They don't leave him. So many of us leave God when he doesn't give us what we asked for. And these sisters show us that's not the right thing to do. Check this out. Let's keep on going. Verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord. They replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he... Love them. You see, this is this is awesome. Because not only is it showing us, obviously, that Jesus is a real human being with emotions, but it's also showing us that the Word made flesh, God incarnate, God with skin on, can cry. Yeah. Friend, when you hurt and you cry, you need to understand Jesus cries with you. He's not somewhere high and dry and departed and detached from the, the, the suffering and the sorrow that we have. No, he's right there. And this shows us that he's a man of sorrows acquainted with our grief. He cried. When you weep, he weeps with you. That's a different kind of God. We want a God who's more like Avenger than Jesus. Never going to hurt. I'm just going to take out No, 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 no. He weeps when you weep. He mourns when you mourn. He laughs when you laugh. He's right there experiencing it all with you. Verse 37, let's keep on going. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? There's some in the crowd who are skeptical, and that's always the case. There are going to be people people in the church right now, in this room right now, you don't believe. And you know what? That's fine. You're still in the room. Thank you for being here today. I believe Jesus is going to speak to you and touch you. All right, here we go. Uh, Verse 38, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man. I love this. This is so weird. By this time, there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Now, the NIV does a fine job translating that. And I don't even know that this is the best translation. But I just love the, orig- the, the old school KJV here, because it says, Lord, he stinketh. <laughs> it's like Gandalf. Like, that's awesome. Like, I love that. He stinketh. Right. All right. Probably... Would have Um, Anyway verse 40 Then Jesus said did I not tell you that if you believe You will see the glory of God Have faith before the miracle I'm about to blow your mind Jesus says verse 41 So they took away the stone Then Jesus looked up and said Father I thank you that you have heard me I know you always I knew you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. It was a really weird prayer. Scholars debate what this means. It's kind of a mystery. But the the, the one one of the, the obvious things is Jesus knew that there were lost people could, could see what's going on, and Jesus came so that lost people would find life. People who are dead in their sins would be raised to life in Christ. And so he's saying, Look, when, when, when this miracle goes down, God, I pray that they see this and they come to faith in you. So anyway, verse 43. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice Lazarus come out And I heard one old preacher say "Uh, It's a good thing Jesus called Lazarus by name Can you imagine The creator of life If he doesn't specify Who he's calling out of the tomb Every dead person Has to obey the command of the master Zombie apocalypse There you go elementary kids I told you it was coming if Jesus, if Jesus just says, come out, you got just, just hordes of people. Because he's the master of life. He's, he's, he's more powerful than death. And so he specifies, Lazarus. Okay, Lazarus. So the dead man comes out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. He's alive, but he's still bound up. He's, he's resurrected, but not like Jesus. When Jesus gets resurrected, he can walk through walls. Jesus would just walk through his grave clothes. Lazarus is a little different. So what can we, what can we learn here about death? Three things real quickly, and, uh, and we'll pray, and we're going to baptize some people this yeah. morning. It's going to be awesome. Number one, death is inevitable. Death is inevitable. We're all going to die. Everybody in this room, Unless Jesus returns soon, you're going to die. And it doesn't matter what you do. Doctors can't stop it. Science can't stop it. Nothing. You can eat natural, organic, grass-fed, gluten-free your whole life. You're still going to die. You're going to die. And when you die, you're going to stand before God. Hebrews tells us that every human being is appointed to die once. You, me, everybody in this room, we're appointed to die once. Death is inevitable. Jesus hates death. Death is inevitable. Jesus hates death because death is not part of his creation. God did not create us to die. No, we die because we live in a sin-cursed world and Hebrews 9:27:28 goes and talks about how Jesus experienced death once for all to bear the sins of many so that you and I would would have the fullness of salvation. Death is inevitable. Jesus hates death. Death is a curse, and only Jesus can reverse the curse. Amen. Death is a curse. Only Jesus can reverse the curse. Lazarus was dead for four days. In Jewish tradition, in the first three days, they believed the spirit would hover over the body. But on the fourth day, the spirit's gone, and they are dead, dead. They are, they are no, there's nothing happening to bring them back to life. And Lazarus comes out of the grave when Jesus reverses the curse. Jesus. Death is a curse. Only Jesus can reverse the curse. But did you notice that Lazarus came out bound up? He still got the grave clothes on. Like, like, like many of you today, you can, you can be alive in Christ but still bound up by sin. You can be alive in Christ. It's possible to be alive in Jesus, but then bound by the sin that plagues your life, by by sexual sin and selfishness and greed and anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and envy. You can be bound up and unable to enjoy the life that Jesus has freely given you. It's entirely possible. Entirely possible. Last one, number three. If you're only born once, you'll die twice. If you're born twice, you'll only die once. Born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. First time we, we're born, we're born uh, by our mom. Our mom gives us birth. It's the, the natural order of things. Every person in this room was, was, was born of a woman. That's it. But if you're never born again, as John would say in John chapter 3, Jesus having this conversation uh, with uh with, with uh, yeah, Nicodemus. Thanks. Ooh, you know, sometimes your brain just goes out. Anyway, he's out, and he says, "You must be what born again." He's like, "How can I be born again? I have to go like back into my mama's belly." And be, that doesn't make sense. And Jesus says, "No, no, no. You're you're, you're overthinking it, dude. Uh, you got You got to be born in the Spirit. You die in this world. If you haven't been born again, you go into eternity and you're separated from God. But if you're born twice, physical and spiritual." You only die once, and that death gets reversed. You're made new in Christ. That's what what baptism represents. Baptism represents this, this reality that we are dead in our sins, and we die to our old self. When we go into the water, we are dying to our old self, and we come out alive in Jesus, raised to life in Christ. So do people really come back from the dead? Yes. And today, 13 of them are going to do it on the sidewalk. That's awesome, right? But I want to. We, we've got like eight seconds left, and then I, I, I've got to I've got to move us along. So I want to ask you this question: uh, Do you believe this? Do Do you believe this? And really, this question: Do you trust him? It's one thing to believe that. Like sometimes we really struggle with with the that part. Like is this all this true? And really, all, you know, okay, let's let's push that question to the side, and let's just ask this question: Do you trust? Him. I think that's what Jesus is asking me this morning. Do you trust him? Let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity that you've given us today to hear uh, this, this amazing, crazy, ridiculous story in your word. Today, Lord, we look forward to celebrating with our brothers and sisters as they go through the waters of baptism, symbolizing the new life that they have received in Jesus. But I believe, God, today there are men and women in this room who need to take that first step. Friend, if that's you, I could give you the words to say, but really I just want you to tell Jesus right now in your own words, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. If that's you and you realize today, I don't know about believing that, but I'm ready to trust him. I'm ready to trust him. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Forgive me of my sin. I believe, I trust in you, my life. I want to follow After you I bring my Maybe today you've got doubts and hurts and pains That have been separating keeping you from making a commitment To Jesus Just bring it with you Say Jesus I bring you my questions I bring you my doubts I don't don't even know about you sometimes But I'm going to bring that to you Because I trust you Even though I'm not really sure about you Because you're trustworthy If that's you friend You can take that step today Even though you don't have it all worked out in your brain can take a step of trust in Jesus thank you Jesus Lord we love you if you if you prayed that prayer this morning what you do is us- uh, do us a wonderful thing and just check that box on the back of the connection card let us know, we want to follow up with you help you take your next step after this one Okay? so check that off, drop it off as you leave today, Lord we thank you we're getting ready to celebrate, God we're going to give you a lot of praise outside, I pray for the people walking by, coming to watch a movie let them see the gospel lived out in real life, in Jesus name, everybody said Amen, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today we always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life We all have a story to tell and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.